dangerously close. My guest today is Chris Bird. Chris Bird loves captivating conversations, s'mores, petting moss, and curing other people's boredom. With over a decade of combined knowledge in the publishing industry and two five-star books, Chris is set to release the ultimate sci-fi series, Time Benders, later this year. Uh, Back to the Future and X-Men fans will both swoon. I'm an X-Men fan. I'm going to swoon. I can't wait. I can't wait to swoon. Topic of conversation for the whole podcast. <laughs> I don't recall the I don't recall the last time I swooned, but I uh, I'm gonna say I love to swoon. <laughs> uh, how's it going, Chris? It's going great. Thanks for having me on your show. So uh, <clears throat> we had emailed back and forth a little bit, and you had mentioned a few things, a few topics that uh, are interest you and are near dear to your heart. And so I just kind of took that and ran with it. And <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, if there's one animal I love, it's penguins. Yay! <laughs> Were you aware that Benedict Cumberbatch cannot pronounce the word penguin? Oh, my God. No. Oh. You, can, you can look it up. It's pretty amusing. He uh, he says penguin. Pingwing. And oh he was. And it's, what's, I have like 10% respect for him. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Did you see uh, the the wonderful story of Henry Sugar? It actually really brought me back up on Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm a really? I'm a Cumberbatchian again. What do you call his fans? C- Cumber buddies? Cumberbatchers? <laughs> Cumberbastards? Cumber <laughs> I'm a Cumberbastard again. Well, it's a, it's a Roald Dahl book. Do you like Roald Dahl? Like Madeline, like that kind of shit. No, sorry. Oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> anyway, uh, what's so weird about that? You know, he got selected to do kind of like a Morgan Freeman, Sir David Attenborough type, you know, thing where he, like he's narrating a nature show about okay. about penguins, he but, he, but he can't yeah. he can't say he can't say the word penguin for some reason. So it's like him just going like on and on and on about penguins and like you know their <laughs> their habitat and their predators, and I was like. Come on, man. Penguin. Oh, oh. Take a shot every time he says it wrong. <laughs> you would die. <laughs> Make it very interesting. <laughs> yeah, oh. I love penguins so much. I actually, I have this bracelet. I don't know if you can see, um, but it has a tracker on my penguin who's in um, South Africa. Oh. So I can sign on anytime and just see where he's at. <laughs> what, what kind of penguin is he? I don't know. I don't know. I'm oh, okay. not Ben I don't know the name. Of all- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, how about this? On a scale of one to ten, how much do you love penguins? Um, probably a fifteen. Wow, that's a lot. Well, <laughs> I've- one of the reasons why I moved to Atlanta is because they have like this huge penguin exhibit, and every day at five p.m. they used to have a penguin parade. Um. Oh, really? Like- they would like march the little penguins down a ramp and everybody would stand around and take pictures. Um, yeah, it's probably why I moved to Atlanta. <laughs> oh, you're done at ATL. Do you ever yeah. run it, run into ludicrous at all? Not yet, but I have run into TI, so I guess I'm a an wow, official. yeah, yeah. Was that he was uh, wild. was he like as wild as he says he is? He seems like a really sweet guy. You know, we were at a Joyner Lucas concert that was like, it was a $7 concert. 
and he kept having like guest stars like like local rappers come on and just like you know spit their thing and then like leave and I was like that's really sweet you know like giving these these comeuppance to this these guys um and then somebody knocked on the door and he like goes and answers and T.I. walks out and we're just like what <laughs> like, so we got that's... to see T.I. for seven bucks <laughs> oh that's amazing yeah <laughs> you know uh T.I. has like had some bad press in the past but you know I think he's a really smart dude you know he uh he was on some show with Candace Owens and she was really saying some like very negative awful kind of shit and T.I. like actually really schooled her just kind of like so I gained a ton of respect for you know as much uh, respect as we lost for Benedict Cumberbatch for not being able to say penguin I would say I gained 10 times more respect for T.I. <laughs> Take that little bit and just give it on over to T.I. Um, yeah he, he took Benedict Cumberbatch's respect and put it in his own basket I um uh, some people get the easiest interviews and some people get the hardest interviews. And I'm gonna go ahead and tell you uh, yours is gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be oh. a a lot of easy stuff is gonna happen right after this first part, which is gonna be very hard because we're starting <laughs> with a uh an extremely difficult World Wildlife Federation quiz about emperor penguins. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna but I'm gonna be here with you. Uh but I feel like, hey, let's like let's learn some stuff about um about about penguins. All right, so I'm just gonna ask you a question, and just like we'll just guess, okay? And okay. there's ten <laughs> questions, and I'm excited to. We're all gonna learn so much. I bet most people don't. Even, I bet most people don't even know where emperor penguins even live. I bet most people didn't even, like didn't even know that an emperor penguin was different than like let's say like a miniature penguin. Okay. Or, what are they? What are they called? I don't know what they're called. Okay. <clears throat> Where do emperor penguins live? I'll give you a Ant hint. Oh, you got it. You got it. You're right. <laughs> Antarctica. Hell yeah. You're off to a badass start. Yes. Wild emperor penguins are only found in Antarctica. That's pretty amazing. Yes. Okay. Out of all the penguins, where do you think emperor penguins are ranked in size? Like from smallest to biggest. They're... Probably the biggest, fattest ones, right? That's correct. You've got two <laughs> yes. in a row. Holy shit. That's actually, you're like, you are a penguin expert. Okay. This yes. one's, all right. This one's insanely hard and there's no way you could possibly know the exact number because it's like, this is a very specific number because uh, penguin researchers use like satellite imagery and shit to like, you know, to really. Track like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you track a penguin on your, on your uh, bracelet. All right. <laughs> Try to see if you, if you can guess within a hundred thousand. That's that's like my goal. Like, if you get, if you can guess with, within one hundred thousand, uh, what is the uh, population of emperor penguins? Seven hundred thousand. Sadly, no, because uh, climate change is diminishing their population. They are now down to about two hundred and sixty-five thousand emperor penguins, which still sounds like a lot, but you got to think like they are food for like orcas and you know so other oh, mean sea creatures well, i know why am i being making this what well, about jerks? <laughs> i would say i don't know i think orcas are one of my favorite animals so i don't i mean i want them to eat too i just want people to stop melting the polar ice caps so that we can just have more penguins and then the orcas can have more food <laughs> okay uh damn i already kind of blew this one here um 
<laughs> how how do scientists know how many penguins there are? <laughs> so there's a penguin wrestler and he wrestles them to the ground. Packs their little feet. <laughs> close. Extremely that's, that's close. My job. Like if I don't make it as a writer, I'm just gonna <laughs> become a penguin wrestler <laughs> like Steve Irwin. <laughs> I mean, oh my god, what a that would be so well. Antarctica would be so cold, but if your job was just to wrestle penguins and count them, I mean, it seems and like, like uh, kids are not at all like crocodiles. So, like, I would wrestle them down, and they're like, "All right, calm down, like, <laughs> distract me already." Chris, I'm sad to say, although your your uh, version of this is very cool, and I wish it was true, the actual answer answer is uh, satellite imagery. That's how they're able to uh, figure out how uh, many colonies they are and like approximate their. Uh, population oh, sorry oh but now we're going into penguin love which actually i i read this already read this and this i found this fascinating these are this is a these are very chivalrous animals so okay <clears throat> you know i should have thought before i started this podcast like how was i even going to ask like answer ask you these questions because they're not they're not written as questions this is really just an article with 10 like amazing facts and i'm turning them into yeah. questions all right after uh penguins have a courtship you know, they have their courtship display. They make a uh, sweet, beautiful love. How many eggs does a mother penguin lay? Is it is it one? It is one. And oh. yes, bonus question. And this one is even crazier. So after the mother penguin lays one egg, what does she do with it? She gives it to the boy penguin. And he is. <laughs> that is correct. She gives <laughs> she gives it to she, after the mother penguin lays the egg, she goes, peace, I'm going fishing. And she <laughs> she swims away, and the uh, dad penguin balances the egg on his feet for between 65 to 75 days to keep it warm. Isn't that oh, crazy? That must He's be so nice. So he just stands there for 75 because... days balancing an egg. That sounds insane. Yeah. <laughs> All while I was pregnant, I would just like randomly look at my husband and be like, you do it. You do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I feel like, I'm like this is the most educational episode we've done in a very long time. Yeah. Okay, science. This is crazy. Okay, how cold can uh, emperor penguins live in? Like how? What like what's like a temperature they can live in, and they're just like totally just fine. Like how? What's the coldest? Is it negative sixty degrees? You're so, well. Oh, do you mean Celsius or Fahrenheit? Oh, probably Celsius, right? We're the only ones who use Fahrenheit in the U.S., right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, international researchers do not use any of our customary shit. So, yeah, you yeah. are so fucking close. Negative 50 degrees Celsius with winds of up to 200 kilometers per hour. This, yeah, so they don't use miles either. So, so that's like what... You, um, I, can, I cannot convert from five, Celsius. Probably 75 miles an hour winds, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're fucking crazy. They have like... <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, uh, not I'm, allowed to be that cold anywhere on Earth. Like, I'm gonna absolutely give that to you because you were off by ten degrees, but that's an, I mean, what? Yeah. I mean, that's insane. So you know what's so crazy? It's only because I saw a video of this researcher in Antarctica the other day, and she was taking a video of the sunset, and it was negative fifty degrees, and I was like, "Wawa, why?" Like, that's <laughs> the only reason I knew. <laughs> <laughs> you're kicking do you have any idea how many you've gotten right 
All, every single every single one but except for one so far okay this one's going to be really hard uh, also bear in mind we are using the metric system because these are international researchers this is in antarctica sadly okay. i will not be able to convert these numbers so sadly one wants to use our dumb dumb but, <laughs> unit of measuring <laughs> remember uh so i'm not asking you in terms of feet or yards we're asking in terms of meters how deep can a emperor penguin dive? And I'm going to give you a hint. It's insane how far they can dive. Oh, gross. My glassophobia is making me itchy right now. What's like, glassophobia? Is that fear of deep water? Yeah, thalassophobia is like the fear of the deepness and vastness of the ocean. Just like we know more about the surface of Mars than we do about the surface of the ocean floor and that skeeves me out to no end. Yeah. <laughs> so when I just think of a penguin diving and like, you know, the the icebergs and you can see just like just how far down it goes, it just like um I'm gonna guess uh meters, right? Okay, wait, that's like a, a yardstick. Okay. <laughs> yeah, a, a meter is almost a yard, right? Dude, yeah, yeah. I, the, you know this, this podcast has so many international listeners, especially like in the UK, Canada, and uh, yeah. and oh, Australia, really? and they are all <laughs> being right now. They're like these fucking Americans. I, I know it. I know it. <laughs> like like a meter. That's like a yard, right? Yeah, they're, so they're close. That America was supposed. The U.S. was supposed to adopt the metric system. It was either the 16 or the 1800s, and like. England had put all the unit of measurements on a ship, right, to send to us so that we could, like, learn this, right, and the ship sank. So, like, oh, but wow. I just love how, like, how U.S. is that, right? Like, oh, yeah. the ship sank? All right, forget it. Like, we're not going to bother. <laughs> yeah. We were like, I thought it was more like we were like, you know, bald eagle, fuck you, king. You can't tell us what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Raccoon hat. Well, now, yeah, now that is. <laughs> case probably i, I wrestled yeah. a bear okay if if you can <laughs> guess if you 50. can guess this within 50 meters i will give you the answer i will oh. i will give it to you as correct that was my guess 50 meters <laughs> oh your guess is 50 meters yeah oh okay well then i'm just gonna go ahead and tell you the okay. the deepest recorded dive was 564 meters that's the equivalent of uh of course they're gonna say all right, this is, once again, for European listeners, that's the height of the Shard, Europe's tallest building. I don't know how many Empire State buildings that is, because that's what we say here in America. <laughs> we don't use any unit of measurement except for the metric system. <laughs> can, I, can I share a quick anecdote? Uh, yeah. my, my dad's buddy, this is when I was a kid. You know, he's a much, he's like a, this dude's like in his 80s now, but he's my dad's uh, buddy. He was, a, he was a Navy SEAL. And we went out on a lake one day, and we were like, out in the middle of a lake and I don't know how deep it was, but it was deep as shit. And he was really, you know, he'd been retired from the Navy seals for a long time. even at that point. And he was like, he's like, yo, you want to see something cool? And I was like, I always want to see something cool. And he just jumped off the boat and like dived into the water and was gone for like, so as a, as a little kid, it's, <laughs> it's, as a little kid, it seemed like forever. It was probably a couple of minutes though. And he came back up and he had a fistful of mud because he like, literally swam to the bottom of the lake and grabbed mud. This is a true story. So I don't know those Navy SEALs, man. They put those dudes through like some crazy ass training because like I don't know how his like eardrums didn't explode or whatever. 
yeah yeah like tom cruise or something <laughs> <laughs> That's okay insane. how much oh man this is like in kilograms Oh, crap. Oh, <laughs> all right uh this is i can ask you two different ones how much do they eat per day or what is their favorite fish which one do you want to answer they're both really hard crap. <laughs> Mackerel, right? silverfish i thought that was a bug I know. I was going to say, wait, is it? Okay. That's they also a real like fish. they also like krill Those are like little, little teeny things, right? Yeah, it's what Will and Bill from Happy Feet like to eat. And they like to eat squids. I was going to say, get stuck in their teeth. And I was like, wait, no, they don't have teeth. Uh, <laughs> All right, so as we spoke earlier about how, like, the dad penguins will just sit there with the egg forever while the mom is off just on vacation in <laughs> oh New Zealand, God. like, chilling on the beach. How long can a male emperor penguin go without eating? Is it 30 days? It's actually four months. <laughs> What? Yeah, they can sit there for four But months. then that's Cause why it... they're so fat, like, because they have Yeah. to have all that extra. That's what it says. They they need to rely entirely on the reserve of body fat that they built up during the summer feast to, to survive the long winter. That's crazy. Four That's insane. months. These are the most incredible animals on the planet. Save the penguins. We have to save the penguins. Yes, we Chris, have to. you and me have to save the penguins. Last question. You've been kicking ass so far. These are all so hard. I know all that I know about penguins from watching the movie Surf's Up. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> much it. okay here's the question is going to be really hard to ask because it's like it's just an interesting fact but what is something that okay what is a surprising physical like endeavor that a penguin can do besides swimming like what is something they can do on land that you would not expect them to be able to do They can they can slide around, right? they can slide around that is cool but they the answer was they can climb uh cliffs Like, a, like how a mountain goat does. They can climb like a sheer ice cliff. Oh my god, you're right. Which apparently, uh, due to climate change, will end up being like a really important like thing that they're able to do. No, So, that makes me sad. <laughs> I know. Well, hey, guys. If you're out there, I don't know. I don't even like... When people are like, call your congressman. It's like, dude, all my senators and congresspeople where I live are fucking monsters. And they want the earth to burn. And they all believe in like the rapture. So it's just like, what's the point? Here's Okay. the thing, like they've all been here way too long and they're so out of touch with reality and it's really up to us, right? Because whether or not you believe in climate change is irrelevant. It's like, pick up after yourself, like leave it better than you found it, you know? Um, Yeah. and And ride a bicycle. yeah, luckily Stephen Hawking said, We have a hundred years. Um, granted, this was a few years back, but um, he said we have a hundred years to undo what we need to in order to keep humanity going. That doesn't mean we have a hundred years left to live before we all implode and die. That means we have a hundred years to fix this Yeah. before everything, like, you know, everything will start snowballing and then eventually we won't be able to back up. So. Everyone just keep that in mind. We have a hundred years. We can still do this. Like, I know it seems bleak, but. Yeah, I mean, there's carbon sequestration. We can create uh, uh, animal corridors. There's a lot of amazing things we can do. And guys, Yeah. if, if you don't want to do it for yourself, do it for the penguins. Yeah. Uh, Chris, I got to tell you something. I have another quiz for you. But guess what? This one is... So I, I want to say you did incredibly well on that. I think you got five out of 10 
right? Maybe six out of 10, right? I wasn't actually wasn't keeping track, but uh, <laughs> you did really, you did better than I would have done and probably better than most people would have done. Moving on, you're going to get a hundred percent on this one because only you know the answer to these questions. That's right. We're taking the, what kind of penguin are you quiz from Buzzfeed? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, it's going to say, what's your favorite color, but I can only give you four options. So what's your favorite color? Blue, pink, black, yellow. Blue. Okay. What's your favorite type of fish? Cod, shrimp, squid, herring. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mickey, that face. Uh, I don't know. I guess shrimp. <laughs> I would have to go with shrimp. I don't really eat seafood myself. What would you drink? Uh, what drink would you order at a restaurant? Water, iced tea, soda, wine. Probably wine, but I don't really like wine. But if alcohol is an option, I'm going to take that over. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, because I was like, well, I, I want them to just give me water and then I order wine. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Oh, this one's going to be really hard. If you were to have only one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Sushi, pasta, steak, salad. That's insane. Uh, boo whoever is choosing salad, first of all. Uh, ooh. But you, have to, but you have to live for the rest of You can't live off Probably steak sushi. for the rest of your life. Sushi, okay. Probably sushi because that's the healthiest one, and that would help you live longer. And your brain would be super happy if you ate sushi every single day. <laughs> yeah, because you could also eat veggie sushi, so you'd get your veggies. Okay. Yeah. What is your favorite type of shoe? Sneakers, boots, heels, flats. Sneakers. You're a chin strap penguin. What does that mean? I feel like I don't know. It doesn't give you any uh any anything else. It just you're just that's what you are. A chin strap <laughs> penguin. <laughs> uh from the photograph, it's a picture of a penguin that has like a little like he has a little line that looks like a he's wearing a chin strap. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> okay. I mean, I thought that doesn't matter which one, but <laughs> We have learned so much about penguins, and I just don't want to stop. You know, I have a favorite song about penguins. Uh, it's called Penguin Attack by Guar. Are you familiar with Guar? No, no. Okay. <laughs> They're like a metal band. I feel like a novice when it comes to being a penguin fan. <laughs> I'll... Uh... I, since like I, since we were, I knew we'd be just discussing penguins today. I decided to check out and see if you know because you had said maybe nerd culture could be something we could discuss. And I was wondering if there were any nerds out there that try to take all the fun out of the song with an academic analysis. And boy, oh boy, on October third, twenty twenty three, Andrew Buchanan wrote just such an article for the website Old Time Music. Um, would you like to join me in analyzing his analysis? We could do it very quickly. Yes. <laughs> just. Just to familiarize you with Guar, they're a a metal band. They dress up like monsters. They squirt like slime on the audience. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I'm just going to read you a few lyrics from the song just so you get an idea of like what kind of song this is. So like before you start hearing the guy do um, like academic analysis. So the, the chorus is, they were born of atomic steel. They attack. Life and death was so unreal. They attack. Come on, baby. Kick him in the ding ding. Trouble on the, on the doubles, what I bu 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 bring, bring. They attack, it's a penguin attack, it's a penguin attack, ayo, it's a penguin attack, so get back. So that's kind of the hook. <laughs> you can uh, play the song in the background of our podcast when you're <laughs> I'm going to play a little snippet of the song. Right? And just, I'll, I'll read one part of a verse too, just to kind of give you an idea of what the verses sound like. Stumbling from the ice age, they were last in. They were last in flight. Fight. They would write a new page if they could only write. Right. 
rumbling from the ice age. They were last in line. They would start a new age if they could just take time. So it's not a very serious song. It's a song about them. So they're all, they're all gladiators from another planet. That's kind of the lore <laughs> of this band. And this is the story of them fighting for a- Antarctica is their favorite continent. So they have to fight the penguins for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here is uh, Andrew Buchanan's article, The Meaning be- Behind the Song Penguin Attack by Guar. Andrew writes, Penguin Attack is a notable song by the American heavy metal band Guar. Released in 1991 as part of their album, America Must Be Destroyed. This track highlights Guar's unique blend of dark humor and social commentary. The meaning behind Penguin Attack is multifaceted as it delves into various themes that the band often explores. What do you think? Do you think this guy's full of shit? <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait, <laughs> give me a little backstory here. Why is he reviewing this band? <laughs> I don't know. He says, at its core, Penguin Attack symbolizes the chaotic and sometimes destructive nature of power structures and authority. The penguin, typically seen as a harmless creature, is transformed into a representation of a dangerous force. By choosing the penguin as their weapon, Guar illustrates how even seemingly innocent entities can turn violent when pushed to their limits. That must be the part where he goes like, come on, baby, kick him in the ding, ding. Trouble on the doubles, what up, bring, bring. I'm going to, you know, fuck this. I'm, I'm moving on. <laughs> I, think, I think some people just need to find meaning in everything. And sometimes things can just be fun and you need to just let it be fun. You don't need to be so serious all the time. Like, Yeah, I mean. I'll give them this. Uh, sometimes there are songs by Guar that I don't know that are about something. There's a song they have. I listened to it a million times. I had no idea until my friend told me it was about Sammy Davis Jr. And it turns out it was. So oh, Andrew Buchanan. See, I we're gonna, love being like that. <laughs> yeah. We're going to skip the rest of that and move on to films because this is what I want to talk about. Yes. Uh, enough about Penguins. What is your pick for the most anticipated movie of 2024? Go. 2024? Yes, unreleased so far, yet to be um, seen. What are you anticipating the most? What can't you wait to see? This is such a hard question. Oh, God. Probably the Time Benders. No, <laughs> oh, are, is um, there going to be a, are, do you have a, a film adaptation? Um, I wish, um, but um, I am in talks with a couple of people at Netflix right now. So. Oh, fuck. Yes. Actually, yeah. I was going to say, uh, well, that's so exciting. I, I, I love I when mean, this happens. You're the first to really hear that. But yeah, I just I've gotten some buzz over there. And I guess people want to talk to me. I mean, I'm just talking for now. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to say you heard it here first, because this is probably <laughs> probably the last episode that's going to come out with the current theme song or current intro song where I go. You heard it here first, first. Yeah. And, and like, so. Oh, yeah. So hell yeah, a for real uh, first time drop. That's so dope. Yeah, let's keep it on the DL. But um, well, we're not yeah. keeping it on the DL. I'm public- putting this out for the entire I'm world. Like, to I'm like to. bursting to tell someone. So I guess I should have known it was going to come out today. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my I god! If you have if you have any uh, any sway, I would love to be a, a bit part actor in uh, in your Netflix series. So if, if you if you get through the talks and you feel like you know, putting a word in for me with the casting director, be like, hey, this guy could be, I could do anything. Like Everyone needs voice actors right now. Um, I've actually gotten a lot of requests to do audiobooks 
and just like voice actors are so hard to find and like really? if you have a voice and it's actually really funny when you were reading off like my bio at the beginning of this the way you said time benders i was like oh my god can you do the trailer for <laughs> the time benders movie oh hell yeah was- oh yeah i um, wish I, I wish i had something to read I, I wish i had the ah, i don't have anything with me in front of me to, to read i'll just make it up <laughs> time benders here they yes. come <laughs> coming they come summer here. 2025 on netflix <laughs> i uh i'm actually i'm it's funny that the i think the reason benedict cumberbatch was on my mind is i'm attending a little acting class intensive at the end of this month and they had wanted me to i have to read a couple monologues and my mo- the monologue that i picked was from that movie and that's why it was on my mind but uh that is a narration it's the actor that does it is Ralph Fiennes. I don't know if he, he's the guy that plays Voldemort. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to do the British accent, so I don't know if they're going to have an issue with that. And then the <laughs> other one I picked, do, have you ever watched Community? Oh, what? Now we just figured out what we're talking about for the rest of the <laughs> So uh, I picked course. my other monologue is uh, Jeff Winger. For people that don't watch Community, I'm sorry, we're kind of going, we're going a little deep. Sorry, There's, you suck. What are you even doing here with your it, life? <laughs> it's uh, it's Jeff Winger's first speech that he gives to the study group. I was like, this is a great monologue. Uh, it's the one where he's like, he's like an Abed. Abed is a shaman. If you ask him to pass you the salt, he'll pass you soup because soup is better and Abed is better. And I was like, it just, I was, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, guess what, guys? You just graduated from a study group to a community <laughs> love that show and i love that i i've decided that i've come to peace with the fact that during the pandemic so many people got into community because when it first started happening they're like oh did you hear about the show called community i'm like get out of my face yeah because, i don't been heard about it <laughs> because we struggled like true diehard community fans we struggled and we we we're there through thick and thin and like it kills me because I always knew back then that if the show had come out just 10 years later, it would have been the biggest thing on earth. And like so ahead of its time. Yeah, it was, it really was. And, but, uh, but I mean, it, it was great for its time as well. I mean, it's just, man, it's just such a, such a smart show. I would say it's, it's like my version of the office, you know, like people that are really yeah. like the office heads, they'll watch it over and over again. Like I can yeah. kind of do that with community where it's like, it always cheers me up. It's always fun. So, yeah. and I guess like for some people that don't know the creator of community is the same creator as Rick and Morty, but it's a very different vibe. It's a totally different thing, oh. man. I've really, I took a, so far vibe, but a very smart, uh, <laughs> you know, just very smart writing. I mean, yes. there was that, that Rick and Morty episode that came out recently with like the fortune cookies. I was like, this is the smartest thing I've ever seen. Like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Uh, I haven't seen most of the new season, so I don't know a lot of the new Rick and Morty. But I do think yeah. like all the I, I'm a big fan. of. I mean, I think they're very, yeah, very smart writers. Yeah. I mean, I love how Dan Harmon, like in the beginning of Community, was trying to appease the masses and then. You know, he was just like, you know what? You hate me anyway. You keep trying to cancel me. I'm just going to do whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what if I just make like episodes about people playing paintball inside of a community college over and over and over again? Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, we got we got off track. Most anticipated movie of 2024. Okay. Although, although I am very excited to announce you're in talks with Netflix. So. Fuck yeah! Let, let's hope that first, let's, first let's, year. Oh, oh my uh, god! And then and then and then tell them that you know a very talented podcaster 
with a uh, with a voice that could say time benders. I don't know. I, I said it wrong. I, I'll practice. Ultimately, what I want to do, um, and I don't know if we're really there yet, but what I would like to do is start doing episodes, um, I guess, like they did back in the day, you know, like with the original yeah. radio, just like people speaking to each other and like speaking through the parts just like you would on a stage. Um, and then every episode is like something going on in the book instead of audiobooks. Cause I feel like if you're just listening to one person read the whole time, it's just kind of like, uh, it falls a little flat. Yeah. Radio uh, drama. We do, uh, we do miniature radio dramas on this podcast all the time. It's like a, yeah. it's, like, it's a recurring theme that happens quite often. I feel like in the coming years, I feel like that's going to really take off. I don't know. I just, now that people have seen what their life is like when they don't have to commute, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. But um, yeah, I think for 2024, I think people are forgetting a very important thing that happened in 2023. If they haven't felt it already, they're going to feel it. And that is the writer's strike. And oh, yeah. Ag strike that happened. Um, I don't think people realize what a hundred days of no new content is going to look like until we're all sitting around watching something like Tiger King and we're going to be like, <laughs> how did we get here? <laughs> yeah. But I think we all need to brace ourselves for that sting. It's coming. And who knows, maybe once they can feel the burn of that, they'll start to wake up and realize like, oh, hey, this is happening and this affects me too. So I need to pay it. This isn't just a bunch of Hollywood actors whining and crying because they don't get their privilege like this is affects us all so i think we're gonna see a real dip in like cool new things coming out for 2024 but i am excited about the new avatar there's uh, another avatar coming out i didn't even yeah. know that a like a third uh, one holy shit yeah so for those who don't really know or like i'm not really into anime i've tried so hard i'm sorry anime fans i really really try i really do but i just can't mm. get into it. you sound and... like the lead singer of lincoln park right now yeah <laughs> i tried so hard <laughs> i really did i've been trying for years because i like i have a nerdy little brother and he's always telling me about these cool animes and i try but um, I really just am looking forward to Avatar, The Last Airbender fans, just shutting the F up about them not getting what they're owed. They have, I think the first Avatar movie that came out, it was whitewashed. It was terrible. Oh, you mean, okay. I thought I thought you meant Avatar, the... Oh, the, no, 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 the, the, no, no. the James Cameron, like, blue people oh. on another planet, like, Dances <laughs> yeah, with Wolves movie. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 I don't care about that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you mean the last airbender avatar? Uh, yes. Yeah, I forget they have yeah. the, the, the first, they have a similar title. Yeah, so Avatar The Last Airbender fans are supposed to get their move, or no, I guess it's a show on Netflix. You know, they got so like stiffed the first time around in like the worst way. I mean, just imagine like when the community movie finally does come out, imagine if it just sucked and like they didn't have the same actors and just like, so people would riot in the streets, right? And that's how Avatar The Last Airbender fans have been. And mostly I'm just looking forward to them getting what they're finally owed. Hopefully yeah. heard the reviews are really, really good. I haven't watched it yet, um, but hopefully they finally get what they, they really need to like, you know, appease their, their fandom. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't know if this is on the same note, but I felt like that Dungeons and Dragons movie was pretty lit. Oh with, my with God. Uh, Chris Pine. That was a sleeper, man. Yeah. That that took I, us all by surprise. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that movie was so good. And I saw, you know, I love movies where even if the entire movie is not interesting, if there's one part that I'm like, huh, I've never seen that before, then I will like put that movie in my heart. But I feel like the Dungeons and Dragons movie, I feel like there was so much that I was like, I've never seen that before. I've never seen that done before in that way. Yeah. And it was it was a sleeper hit. And I really enjoyed too that it was like uh it was made in a way where if you're a like I've never played Dungeons and Dragons, but I could see that if you were a, a Dungeons and Dragons player, there were so many inside jokes that were just for you. Yeah. But the movie was made in, in a way that someone like me who's outside of that uh realm of knowledge. I like I can see the jokes there. I just don't know, you know. I'm like, yeah. it's it's kind of fun like that. So was, yeah. So, so my brother Dan, um, he said that it was always like it felt like you were playing the game while you were watching the movie because it's always like, oh, what are we gonna do next? Okay, well, we should think we should do this, and he thinks we should do this. Um, so he said like that's why it was so exciting to watch the movie because it was just like playing the game. Yeah. Speaking of like other actors. Okay, so what do we call Benedict Cumberbatch fans? Ben Benedict Cumber Cumberbastards? Cumberbastards. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. So so I when so when Timothy Chalamet first hit the scene, I think you might know where this is going as far as like uh, my most anticipated movie of the year. But uh yeah. when, when he first hit the scene, I was like, Man, who's this skinny little guy? I think he who thinks he's better than me. You know, that's kind of what I was thinking. But uh man, I've I have changed my tune and now I'm a Tim Tim I'm a Timothy Chalamet. Chalamaniac. Chalamaniac. I'm a I'm a Timothy Chalamaniac now. <laughs> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say that uh Dune 2 absolutely is yeah. up there with most anticipated movie of the year. Also, you know what? I would be remiss if I don't give one shout out. I have to do it. A, a, a homie of mine that was on the show a while back, Edward Ashen, author of the book Mickey Seven, his uh Brad Pitt bought the rights to his book and it's being directed by Bong Jun or it's already fucking filmed. Anyway, it's coming out this year starring Robert Pattinson. Got to shout that out for everybody that was uh, listening in 2022 when I interviewed him and that movie was still in production. And that is something I think everyone should go see because I feel like almost like, you know, it's one of those things like when your uh, books are on Netflix, I'll be like, I knew that before everyone else. <laughs> and yeah. that's going to that's how I feel what? about this movie. I was like, I was like, yeah. I, I knew this before anybody else did. <laughs> yeah. And to to take on that, first of all, Robert Pattinson, he's my favorite Batman, unpopular opinion. Um, he was good I at just, it. I'm, I'm not one of those, like, um, what are we going to call Robert Pattinson fans? Um, Pattinson. Uh. <laughs> We're gone. We're done. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but, like, I'm not, like, one of those girls who was, like, obsessed with him. I just want him to do good in life. Like, I just want the what's best for him, like... And I, I think he was my favorite Batman, honestly. Like, I was he never has, a male Batman fan. He has high highs and low lows. That's what I'll say about pa Robert Pattinson. So, yeah. and uh, in Batman, he really shined. He really brought me yeah. that, like, that sad Kurt Cobain Batman that we'd never had before. And yeah. I really liked that. And in Tenet, he was amazing in Tenet. I was like, oh, my God, Robert. I didn't know Robert Pattinson could be this great. But then yeah. uh, he was in a film with uh, uh, Tom Holland, where he plays a Southern Baptist preacher. And yes. I, I think he's British. And 
I guess no one really told him what a Southern Baptist preacher sounds like. And he kind of did like a foghorn leghorn thing. Yeah. And so it was a very low, low for me with my, my Robert Pattinson uh, fandom. <laughs> he, really, he really sufficiently creeped me out in that movie, though. So I mean, yeah, he was a, he was a fucking kinda, creep. Yeah. It, yeah. I'm putting that in the win, win column for him because I really okay. felt the, the creep coming off of him in that movie. But yeah, because uh, he, he always yeah. plays like uh, desirable. Every girl wants some type of dude. And in, in that role, he plays. It's like, yes, he's desir desirable and women want him but he's a predator and so i yeah okay yeah. i won't i won't call it a complete fail i just i living having lived in the south for most of my life yeah actors that cannot do a southern accent i'm like maybe don't cast them for that role it's just that's it, just my opinion yeah or don't try because not everybody who lives in the south has a southern accent right <laughs> like, yeah so. or just or just be like or just kind of like halfway do it don't go you know who is who's the it. The biggest perpetrator of this is someone who also I love is Daniel Craig. And he keeps like when he did Knives Out, I was like, Jesus Christ, Daniel Craig. Because he was yeah. my he was my favorite James Bond. And then yeah, he, he lost a million eggs out of his basket on that performance. Yeah. <laughs> I I've never I've never been a Daniel Craig fan. I'm sorry. I don't think he's a good Bond. Boo. <laughs> like, <laughs> Boo. I, because it's just the Bond franchise that's gone on and on and on. Like, I understand they had to make it so much more serious after Austin Powers because no one really took Bond seriously after Austin Powers came out. But yeah, just, uh, yeah, I, I was actually I would go as far as to say I know it, he's not exactly a Bond, but I would say Mike, Mike Myers was the best James Bond as Austin Powers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> they should ironically cast him as the new Bond. <laughs> okay. Oh my God, they should. Because Mike Myers hasn't done much in a while since he did that Queen movie, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, I've got so much more to get to. So I, I got to move us. We got to like, on train. Oh my God. And oh okay. my God, this. And yeah. oh my God, this. It's, okay, a we'll it's, a, it's a roller coaster. Shimmy y'all, shimmy Okay, we, we learned several things. I'm a Timothy Chalamaniac, and uh, <laughs> there's a possibly an insane new Netflix special coming out. We'll you know we'll discuss that at a later date, perhaps. Yeah. But uh, like you said, uh, hope the last Airbender is going to be big. But you know what else is big? Big Pharma. That's right. Yes. <laughs> we're moving over to Big Pharma yes. because oh, I told God. you. I, I literally sure told you we were gonna go there. You know, I literally told you. I was. I took your email and I was like, "I'm just gonna. This entire interview is just gonna be your email regurgitated." <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have a lot of interesting topics, but before you go into Big Pharma, just know they might try and cancel your podcast if you say anything against them. <laughs> Well, I lost this entire thing because the New York Times won't let me read this twice. Or did you take it off before you got to read it? Um, <laughs> well, it was it was the uh, they were doing the the top four arguments. You know that uh, that uh, so a bunch of big pharmaceutical industry companies have been in negotiations with uh, the Senate recently for uh, to negotiate drug prices for things like insulin, heart medications, life saving shit, and they're like. I can go ahead and say like the main argument that I saw uh, that that um, big pharma is coming back with is that if they don't continue to charge astronomical prices, then they will not be able to afford research and development, which to which I say that fucking horseshit go to like any 
country in like northern Europe where everyone is like lives to 150 and doesn't pay for health care. But yeah. <laughs> oh, where do I even begin? Oh, boy. I mean, with the whole insulin thing, right? Like, let's start there because that's a perfect example. Um, let's first cause the problem and then charge people to fix it. That's like a perfect like way to sum up big pharma right there is just let's create an environment where there's sugar in literally everything we eat in the u.s not to mention just about everything we eat is unhealthy in the u.s you know obesity is rampant and then we're going to then later charge them for a life-saving drug once we've messed up their health beyond all like you know, being able to fix it. And uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. I got some yeah. great news. I yeah. literally just created a free account and I'm going to be able to, I'm going to read the article. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. okay. Sorry. So anyway, um, this is an op-ed. We're going to skip everything that they said, except for the, uh, the handful of uh, arguments. So yeah, we just said the first one, the argument number one, government negotiated drug prices will harm innovation and result in fewer life-saving drugs. Obviously horseshit. I think you were, pretty much dead on right there with everything you just said. Argument number two, government drug price negotiation is tantamount to price controls. What is your rebuttal? Also, what is your opinion of someone using, using the word tantamount? If you, if you think that our government and big pharma are on opposite sides of this <laughs> argument, then you're already like light years behind in, in the whole conversation. I mean, these guys literally have their hand in big pharma's pocket and yes. these are the people who are running our country um so if you look at the uk for example oh this is a quiz for you okay uh so the uk's version of the fda right how many items do you think they have on their ban list i would guess like maybe two thousand items it's over twelve thousand. damn i was and way low yeah. And then how many how many items do you think the FDA has on their ban list? Um well I know right now they're trying to like put birth control back on the banned list, but other than things that are like weirdly political like that, uh I guess maybe they've banned asbestos. You're not allowed to eat that. Uh twenty five things. Uh, it's under 20. Oh my God. It's under 20. I was, but I was, I was close both ways just by being in yeah. the thousands, I think the first time. And then within, yeah. within and because, five. <laughs> yeah. Because the FDA's job in the U S is to prove that something isn't bad for you. Whereas in the UK, they have to prove something is good for you yeah. before you can ingest it. And, uh, yeah, somebody's wrong. And, uh, I'm going to take a guess that, it, it's not them. <laughs> like yeah. it's not. The, yeah. <laughs> Somebody's wrong here. Like you don't have this many ends of the spectrum. Like and then say, oh, I think someone's off by a few thousand. <laughs> like, and and they're always it's always weird shit too. They're like they're like, uh, you're not you're not allowed to have mushrooms because you might trip and have fun. Or like, you, you, or, <laughs> yeah. or, the, or the like, yeah. you, can, you can't have heroin, which I'm not going to sit here and argue that you should have heroin, but it, in their place, they're like, you can't have heroin, it's illegal, but you can have fentanyl or any yeah. number of fucking opioids that we sell you that are just yeah. as, like, 
if not more dangerous than heroin. <laughs> yeah. If you go to the doctor and say you have a cold, they will give you codeine. <laughs> like, it's just like, what? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> no, that literally happened to me once. That literally oh, really? happened to me. I had, was it bronchitis? And they gave me cough syrup with codeine in it. And I was like, no, no, I don't need all that. Like, calm down, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> Man, I had I was camping on a beach once and I ate a spoonful of codeine and woke up like you know how like you know when you wake up on the beach in a sleeping bag and you're like ah but it was yeah. it was extra because I had like slept way longer in the sun than I would have had I not oh, no. ingested codeine. <laughs> All right, argument number three: negotiated drug prices help the government, not patients. Mm, rebuttal. It would help us if we would put a cap on these drug prices. Uh, because big pharma has basically proved, you know, we're going to, uh, we're going to keep charging what we want and we could be as greedy as we want until, uh, I don't know. And I don't know what the end game is <laughs> like until we're all out of money. I don't... It's funny. These people, these people, like a lot of these people, especially, uh, pharma, like pharmaceutical companies, also tech companies, they use these, they use weird language, like gatekeepers and shit like that. And all they mean by that is like regulators, <laughs> just shit yeah. that I'm like that any like civilized country should have. Okay, yeah. final final argument that they're uh, pushing back on these senators and Congress people that literally are already on their side, already owned by yeah. them. So obviously they don't have to come up with good arguments. You're gonna love this one. Having the government negotiate drug prices is unconstitutional. Oh, um, can I say something? Having read the Constitution. I don't think that there's any fucking amendments regarding pharma prices. I mean, I guess you could like twist something around, like to that end. Like, it's trying like, to say it's free speech. We are, <laughs> we are light years behind in our laws and amendments to the Constitution. I mean, we are so far behind. Oh, I'm trying to think of a good example. Like, oh, perfect example: AI, right? Japan overnight, this was over like Christmas week or something like that. They passed laws protecting artists and creatives overnight. When this AI thing got like so far out of control so fast, they were like, no, no, we're nipping this in the bud right now. And they passed laws protecting their artists. And here we are, like, and I think about the US and like, <laughs> I think about the Remember when um, the government tried to sue Facebook? <laughs> and they oh, were just, yeah. And they were like, they were like, they're like, what, what is Wi Fi? Like, <laughs> we are literally not smart enough to take down the scummiest person on earth because we're literally too dumb. Like, they don't even understand how the internet works, let alone how to protect us from it. Yeah. Uh, was, I mean, I, I, I might be remembering this incorrectly, but wasn't there like a, a southern gentleman type senator that asked Mark uh, Zuckerberg what Wi-Fi was. <laughs> Didn't he go like, yeah. what is Wi-Fi? <laughs> like, well, if you don't know what Wi-Fi is, get off this council. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's the thing too. Like, I am dumb when it comes to math, right? Like, I wanted to be a scientist, but I am smart enough to know, girl, you cannot do math to save your life. But wouldn't you, if you had all this money and all this power at your disposal, what would be the first thing you would do? You would hire someone who knows what they're talking about, right? Yeah. And you would have had them sitting next to you right there and being like, 
like whispering in your ear, like, okay, so this is what Wi-Fi is. <laughs> like, <laughs> please, don't, please don't ask that question. <laughs> like, yeah, just bring like, your bring your nephew or like you know, yeah. like here's <laughs> actually. Oh, uh, we don't need it just yet, but uh, co-producer Colleen just dropped off the lightning round. I'm gonna run over here and grab it, but I'm gonna okay. be right back. A lot of this podcast is still very, very much in the analog era because the uh, the, the lightning rounds come on notebook paper it's like not even like it doesn't even get emailed to me but before we (laughs) before we even begin to get dangerously close to the lightning round i gotta ask you this you're releasing the sci-fi series time benders this year tell me everything i need to know about time benders oh boy uh working on time benders for over a decade now uh i put my foot in it y'all you're (laughs) southern i put my foot in it (laughs) (laughs) I, when I was 15 years old, I was walking around Philadelphia with my family and there was a plaque on the ground that said, uh, Abraham Lincoln stood here and gave a speech and like, I think it was like 18. Oh God, I'm not even going to say the date because it's going to make me sound dumb. Um, (laughs) but I was standing on the plaque and I was imagining like, wouldn't it be so cool if I could use this plaque and travel back in time and see Abraham Lincoln. And that's where it kind of took off from there. Um, So the time vendors is a percentage of the population that has the ability to use historically significant places to travel back to that specific time period. Um, So, I mean, in the first book, they use standing in Cape Canaveral to travel back and watch the Apollo 11 launch. And, uh, you know, it's just, and there's also like an X-Men kind of vibe to it too, in a sense that, you know, of course people want to trap and enslave them and use them for financial and political gain, you know, as people would, you know, yeah. try and pretend like they invented Google or whatever. Um, so yeah, I've just, I'm so passionate about it and I've been waiting to release it for so long. And I've been, you know, we were talking about gatekeepers earlier. Um, The publishing industry up until this point or any industry really up until this point has kind of been like a closed off country club. And we are in the wild, wild west of content right now. And literally anything can happen because if you have like a thousand dollars, you can make whatever it is happen, whether it's like your video game or, you know, your art career or your book series. And uh, I'm, I finally just got tired of waiting for someone to notice me. And I'm like, I'm just going to do the legwork and I'm going to, I'm going to put in the work and I'm going to make it happen because y'all need to read this. I mean, you need to. (laughs) (laughs) So, and I guess, People are really responding to it because, you know, I released the release date (laughs) um, when I was at Atlanta Comic-Con. So that'll be September 2nd. And once I started really, I've been keeping it really close to the chest because I know I'm smart enough to know that there is no other story out there like this. And once I started telling people about it, they were like, oh, my God, this is so cool. So now there's like a waiting list that people are joining because I'm like, I don't have it for you yet. Um, But it's 
it's almost here uh september 2nd so it's gonna gonna be big it's gonna be big and i didn't realize at atlanta comic-con that there was so many people there from netflix um because the avatar the last airbender they were promoting it so and once they started hearing about it they uh you know hollywood is desperate for new content right now so if you've got a if you've got a story or if you've got an art or if you're a creative like you can really make anything happen right now that's so inspiring because actually i have a I have a pilot that we're trying to shoot later this year and it's fucking so cheap to do. Like we can actually afford it. So, so, but anyway, time benders sounds amazing. You know, Atlanta comic-con I've, I've, I've got to go sometime because I've heard it is fucking lit, especially like, like it just sounds like it's like there's parties all through the like hotels and it's just like, it's just, I don't Uh, know. Yeah, Atlanta Comic Con is pretty. It's pretty low key though compared to Dragon Con, which is like, if we're looking, if we're comparing, it's more on par with like San Diego or, yeah. So I'm gonna be releasing Timebenders Dragon Con weekend, and it's gonna be lit. <laughs> oh shit! I'm gonna see if I can get a press pass. And see, uh, where's Dragon Con? Is that a, that's an ATL too, right? Yeah, and I mean it's like ten times bigger than Atlanta Comic Con, and like so everybody's got to come out and uh, yeah, and they, September second, cosplay, their cosplay is like unreal, like everything is unreal at Dragon Con. <laughs> I I will be there wearing my press badge, yes. acting a fucking fool, doing yeah. all kinds of stuff I'm not supposed to be doing, going places that I'm not supposed to be going, but I will be there yeah. to support you one hundred percent. But Chris, come I gotta tell you, me. oh oh hell yeah. Yeah. I got to tell you one thing, though. We are getting dangerously close to the lightning round. Oh, now, let me tell you how yeah. the lightning round works. I'm going to ask My you a series of questions. You don't have any time to think. You can't think about it. Gut reactions okay. only just out. Blah, 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 blah. Fortunately, you're a writer, and I think this is good because I just found out you got a Mad Lib. Um, so I'll just be saying things to you like uh, adjective, adverb. I'm going to go ahead and just start this off with every, I've had several like authors and screenwriters on here before and everybody always just gets like, don't uh, worry about it. When like, when I say like adverb and you go, fuck adverb, like it happens to everyone or maybe it won't happen to you. I don't know. We'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready to play? Okay. 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 Yeah. (laughs) The title of this uh, story is corruption, greed and secrets. Oh my. A Mad Lib Story by co-producer Colleen, co-written by Chris Bird. <laughs> <clears throat> Let's get started. <laughs> I wonder I wonder what this is about. All right. Uh, person's name. Marty McFly. Nonsense word. Poop. Corporate department, e.g. sales, HR, accounting. Sorry, what was the question? A corporate, a corporate uh, department. So uh, such as like sales, accounting, uh, HR. Shipping. Shipping. That's really good. Same name as before. That's Marty McFly. Adjective. Sneakily. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's a real word, but I love using it. Ah, Yes. Sneakily. Yeah. When you do something sneaky, do it sneakily. Uh, Oh, same name. Marty McFly. Verb ending in the suffix ing. Passing. Adjective. Warm. I have a feeling this is going to be a really good story. Uh, <laughs> I feel like my answers aren't exciting enough. Uh, healthcare supplies. Oh, boy. 
um codeine <laughs> fall back all right medicine insulin <laughs> <laughs> name oh wait, wait, wait no sorry number 25 <laughs> and another number 415 like four decimal point 15 415 oh 415 okay scientific ingredient lead and another scientific ingredient radon radon i don't even know <laughs> what that is all right same name as before that's my boy marty mcfly i feel like marty's gonna be on, going on a whole new adventure uh u.s city atlanta where the players play uh occupation um flight attendant and a number pi pi okay <laughs> sorry i'm trying to remember how to draw pi okay <laughs> are you ready to hear our story oh god <laughs> corruption greed and secrets oh my a mad lib story by co-producer colleen co-written by chris bird we'll make sure to put this in your uh, resume okay <clears throat> oh god once upon a time, there was a person named Marty McFly who worked at a big healthcare company called Poop Medical Solutions in the, <laughs> in the shipping department. Marty McFly liked helping others, but he was worried that the company was price gouging its most sneakily medicines. I feel like we, <laughs> okay, sneaky, sneaky medicines. most it's most sneaky medicines. One day, Marty McFly was passing around the office after hours and discovered an old box of files full of warm information about a secret cover-up of illegal trading of codeine. It turns out the company had inflated the price of insulin from costing $25 to over $415. Not <laughs> only... Accurate. <laughs> it's so insanely accurate. Oh my God. It's like, not, this is a mad lib where we're just like, this is exactly what a pharmaceutical... Okay. Not only that, they had been cutting corners by using lead instead of radon. And <laughs> <laughs> also so accurate, just like the shit they'll put in your medicine. And Marty McFly had found cold, hard proof. So they contacted the FBI and a whistleblower, oh, as a whistleblower, even though they had to live the rest of their lives in Atlanta in witness protection program uh, as a flight attendant. <laughs> they, they got a hefty pie amount of dollars reward maybe crime does pay the end <laughs> it could be 3.4 mil 3.14 mil repeating no. forever yeah. dividends yeah. dividends dividends baby oh, yeah gotta get them royalties <laughs> all right chris i have one last question that's the most important question of the day where can people find you follow you uh read any of your books that have already Come out and uh, you know keep track of what's going on with Time Benders. Uh, Chris Bird author is my handle for all things um, that have to do with me. Uh, if you want to find some of my other books, they're on Amazon under Chris Bird. Um, and if you would like to join the Time Benders waiting list, uh, just head over to timebenderssaga.com and you can do that. And if you don't want to wait till September 2nd, uh, I'm going to make people, I'm going to make people, I'm going <laughs> to let people, um, 
you're going to be solving clues. You're going to be trying to find my secret web page. Uh, if you want that bonus content, you're going to have to work for it. So, <laughs> oh yeah, gamified. Yeah. yeah. Chris, Chris has been an absolute pleasure. I feel like I've learned so much. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me, Doug.